Welcome to the Maze of Thoughts podcast. You can reach us via Discord, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Hi, I'm Miss Nomer, the psych neophyte, here with Apollyon, our music correspondent and anecdotal liaison, and Dice Dracul, our blossoming illustrator. Say hi, everyone. Hello. Hi. And today we'll be discussing movies, series, visual entertainment, and how it can improve your mental health. And overall, just how media has impacted how you see the world. So let's begin with different genres of movies that promote different feelings and have different outcomes. So guys, can you give me an example of a genre that you gear yourself toward pretty regularly? Like what is your genre of choice? I think this is all something that we can agree on, but everyone here are big horror movie fans, right? Not anymore though. Not in, oh, is it after last year's uh, very great lineup of movies that made you turn away? Uh, from no, things? last 15 years, I would say. Oh, oh my, my. My heart. My heart. Oh. Um, but I think for the most part, we could all say we've all seen quite a bit of horror movies. So we could say that as a genre, that's definitely something that has uh, definitely given us quite a bit of feelings. Okay, so for me, I think that horror movies I mean depends on the horror movies but I like horror movies because I'm kind of messed in the head <laughs> I always loved the obscure and gore and stuff I mean I remember being like what uh, 12 years old checking rotten.com on 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 the browser on at school and <laughs> at school at school yes and um and once I got internet, I remember checking Rotten.com quite often. So yeah, I'm I'm legit messed up in the head. That doesn't mean I'm gonna be out there killing people. I never hurt anybody, but uh, that's a that's a that's a good idea for you. Or not an idea, but like more of a, a, a revelation for you guys out there. Possibly go like, ah, that guy listens to death metal. He must kill people. No, we don't. We're we're, we're legit cool dudes. We just do the life. That everybody does on a regular basis we just like messed up stuff it's just mm -hmm. inevitable in life but for me one of the genres of movies that legit gets me going uh in terms of like improving my mental health is comedy movies of course or those old school com uh, horror movies that were pretty much a comedy because back then people didn't take themselves too seriously and therefore, they made amazing movies, just like the Evil Dead. I mean, if you've if you've seen the first Evil Dead, the original one, you know that that movie does not take itself too seriously. I mean, <laughs> there's legit comedy moments in that movie. However, it's a movie about some sort of force possessing people and going around and stuff, and they turn into zombies and start eating each other and stuff. But it was amazing back then when movies just didn't take themselves too seriously. For example, Brain Dead, if you've never watched it, I would very much so suggest that you go watch that movie. But it was, again, an amazing movie that it was just not taking itself too seriously. Because, I mean, they realized we got what we got and we have to do this movie and, you know... Or maybe they just didn't really want to take themselves too seriously at all, which is great on its own. Uh, but again, Brain Dead is a really funny movie. 
And if you like gore, it, you're gonna love that movie. Uh, but Monty Python is, oof, it's one of those groups with a bunch of movies and I just love to watch all of them because their type of humor is my type of humor. Incredibly sarcastic, very satirical, and at the end of the day, it's just some random stuff that pops out and you're like, <laughs> look at that, dude. And Ted as well, because Ted is so random as well. That's my type of, you know, humor, I guess. Just random stuff, stupid random stuff and sarcasm and, and irony and, and satire. I love all that stuff. I really enjoyed Longest Yard as well. Um which, I mean, I guess we just traversed onto our next topic by me, by doing <laughs> I mean, Miss Nomer, if you want to talk about your different genres of movies that promote different feelings and stuff, uh, <laughs> by all means, but yeah. I think we can mix both, because you, you're, when you're talking about different movies or different genres of movies, you kind of, you mentioned the movies anyway, so. That's yeah. true. All right, so yeah. Um, different genres that I relate to. Horror movies, obviously. I love horror movies, especially when they have to do with uh, psychological horror, for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I also like foreign horror movies and B-movies, because those are the hidden gems. And if you look hard enough, you can find some really quality storylines and character development. And you get really engaged and absorbed in what's happening, as opposed to these blockbuster hits where you already know what's going to happen. And you know they have a big budget to make it look as gory and ridiculous as possible, but the shock factor and the value is gone from it. So I love <laughs> B-movies in the horror genre specifically, as well as I really, really enjoy feel-good movies to kind of balance things out a bit. Um, anything that has to do with... What is a feel-good movie? They're like heartwarming tales of <laughs> struggle for many people. So it, it could be a story about a family that's growing up in poverty. And then one child steps out of the norm to pursue their dream and become successful. And then helps other people around them at the same time. So it's a movie that generally has a good, or good and happy ending. Mm -hmm. And you're rooting for the main character the whole time. Obviously, you see, you see when they hit that snag during the climax where things go really bad for a time, and you feel for them, and you want them to succeed. But then they pick themselves back up either by themselves or with the help of other characters and move forward toward a happy ending. I love those movies because they give me hope mm -hmm. in humanity again. Um, Probably the most common one with that is like, dog gets lost from home, dog yes. goes on adventure dog oh. comes back home oh it's funny that you mentioned that i can't watch animal movies anymore too emotional yes oh yeah, my same. goodness i remember the first time i ever cried happy tears at a movie was homeward bound oh oh my yes. gosh i cried my eyes out watching the movie when they rescued the little girl and oh my gosh and and i ran into the other room to tell my grandmother on my dad's side and she's like what's wrong why are you crying like that i'm like i'm so happy <laughs> so that was the very first time i ever cried happy tears but movies mm. like that tend to really get me and i don't uh, I, i'm too emotionally vulnerable 
to put myself in those situations now. Like right now, Pixar movies, that's not a genre, but the type of movies that Pixar produces are another mm-hmm. heart-wrenching, uh, gut-punch type of movie that tends to have a happy ending a lot of the time, but those happy endings are more realistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that it's not the ideal ending that the, the main character wanted, but it's the one that they needed. And I, I really had to grow up, like mature, to understand and appreciate what they were going for. So mm-hmm. it's very different. Honestly, though, as last episode was about music, the whole reason why it's so emotional is purely because of the audio they put on those movies. If you watch that without the music, it doesn't have the same impact. Guaranteed. Uh, I'm going to try if that. If you watch Jump Scares without music, because it doesn't have the same impact it's just like you watch a, a jump scare without music you're just like oh hi what's up and you don't get scared i mean unless you're like too focused if they do something that you focus your eyes so much on something and then an image pops up immediately in front of you it doesn't need music but it also doesn't have the same impact music does that music adds the impactful meaning of those scenes if you watch a feel-good movie or something and it doesn't have music to it you're just like okay whatever dude moving on (laughs) i'm gonna try that now i want to i want to see i'm gonna put that theory to the test because i oh my gosh i do think no i agree with you that the music does have a large impact on the on the mood and influencing how you feel about a particular scene so i'm gonna put that into practice all right dice what about you what genre or movie type really gets you (laughs) yeah really gets you well i'm not always all you know skulls and darkness when it comes to horror movies i actually really like musicals oh me too musical movies and kind of bringing back i hate musicals (laughs) (laughs) it's funny that you mentioned that because the, um, one of the musicals that actually stuck out with me was the uh, musical adaption of the movie uh, Spamalot. Monty what? Python Spamalot. Mm. I watched, like two days ago, I was watching Psych on AXN. And I was, I loved that show. And then the next episode was a musical that they did. And I moved on immediately to another channel while that episode was playing. It's too awkward to watch that. I can't mm-hmm. take it. And it's kind of strange thinking how like how you can like something but in a different aspect you won't like it. Like you're a big music guy, but when it comes to musicals, that's just something you can't mm-hmm. do. It's completely different. It has nothing to do with one with the other. Music. No, it has nothing to do one with the other. Because one is, is musicals are basically saying the lines in a singing manner instead. It's not just music. It's not just musical. It's musical because it, their lines are being said in forms of, of singing. And that's the awkward part of it. If you just leave the music in there, it's whatever. But yeah, it's still too awkward. Just too awkward. Maybe you would like a musical like Stomp where there's no singing at all and it's just them making like rhythms and stuff throughout the whole play. Maybe. That's a good one. But the uh, speaking of 
musicals, like Broadway shows that were made into films. Uh, Les Mis mm -hmm. is one that I don't believe should have left the stage. And, yeah. And put onto the silver screen only because that's exactly what you're talking about, Apollyon. The entire show is in song. There are no spoken lines whatsoever. And I think that's the only show that does it that way. Uh, most Broadway shows or musicals have those breaks in between the musical numbers where the dialogue happens between the characters and they have the story development. And then the songs kind of add as a transitional element. But you've got none of that in Les Mis. None of it. The entire thing from start to finish is in song. And I could not take it. Couldn't take it at all because I'm not used to that continuous bombardment of vocalization. It's just not something I'm used to. But I, uh, it was very hard for me to stay engaged with that movie. The play was one thing. The movie is something completely different. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what are some movies and or series that will never get old for you guys? Oh, Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh, that's a good one. That is a timeless series for me because it was one of those coming of age kind of shows on Nickelodeon. Um, for those of you who aren't aware, Avatar The Last Airbender is about a young... Uh, protagonist named Aang who has the ability to manipulate wind and he was selected to be the avatar which is the person who can bend all four elements air water fire and earth in order to kind of keep the balance between the spirit world and the human world and it's a really insightful look into responsibility friendship and just being able to face your problems It's a great coming-of-age story, and even though I'm 28 this year, I still sit and watch this 12-year-old boy grow up and become a powerful leader. And it's it's an amazing series. If you don't have, if you haven't watched it, and if you have children, it's a great show. <laughs> it's so great. It's something for everyone. I know where you're coming from with that. I I remember I got the box set DVD, and I swear I've watched every episode at least like four times like i've been watching the entire series um for me probably a series or i guess a thing that never gets old for me is the uh, studio ghibli movies i i have like yes. all of them on dvd i've watched all of them every time someone comes over and they're like i've never seen that movie i'm like sit down we're going to watch it oh my gosh yes no i i'm, I'm right there with you um spirited away And Prin Spirited Away, Princess Mononoke, and Howl's Moving Castle are my mm -hmm. absolute favorite Ghibli movies. And I, every time they announce that there's another one coming out, I didn't like Ponyo as much, but it grew on me. I saw mm -hmm. it in theaters, I didn't like it, and then I watched it again, and I was like, you know what? I misjudged this. This is a fantastic film because it's Studio Ghibli. But mm -hmm. oh, and that's another uh, series of movies that are fun for everyone. Like it's a, it's just family friendly. Everyone can watch them and enjoy them and find something worth enjoying. And it also promotes strong, strong female protagonists, mm -hmm. which I yes. absolutely adore. And it doesn't like put down boys at all either. It's, it's very liberating for everyone. Everyone can find something in it. Oh. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, Polly, in your turn. I already mentioned mine. I know, but I'm getting <laughs> emotional. I love the movies. <laughs> you're thinking of the movies and you're like, oh. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so, and so I think that goes right into our next topic of what movies or series always puts a smile on your face or brightens your day immediately. Those movies. Studio Ghibli. If you're ever feeling sad or upset or, you know, the world's just not going right, pop in one of those bad boys. You might cry a little during during the film, mm-hmm. but by the end of it, it's going to give you hope again on so many different levels. It's, I don't know how to explain it, but like, I've noticed with like foreign, foreign script writing and stuff, they have like a different spark that I guess American script writers don't have. I feel like they're not as bound by what the limitations of like what's possible and like hmm. what makes sense because I the only time I've ever seen someone not enjoy a Studio Ghibli movie is when they overanalyze everything they're like why is there a cat bus that doesn't make sense why are there dragons like, that doesn't make sense like if, if this was a real kid in this scenario a real kid wouldn't be so brave and like and I feel like a lot with like American media too they want to get that realistic feel and they want to and there's there's not a problem with mixing things up and not being entirely accurate I feel like if we did that more and I guess media over here we'd be able to like boost up our stuff you know maybe yeah. make our own studio Ghibli type deal and I'm thinking there is some validity to the magic of childhood mm-hmm. Studio Ghibli has a great method of channeling and honing that childlike wonder and mystery of fantastic events and beings. So it's not so much that, yeah, okay, that kid can't fly. I don't know why that kid's flying all over the place. It's because of (laughs) their imagination. Their ability to believe without... Believe and trust in other people. Because I think somewhere along the line as we we lose that with being disappointed or being hurt but those Mm -hmm. movies help to reinvigorate your faith in another person another thing that I really love about those movies is most often than not the villains of the movies become friends by the end Mm -hmm. so you're not you don't have to kill your enemy you don't have to make them experience horrible pain or embarrass them to the point of no return no it's just as simple as sticking to your values and saying hey you know this is something that i'm here to do and i want you to be a part of this too because i know somewhere you can make this happen just as well as i can you don't have to be you know a bad person i know you've been hurt but there's always time to turn that Mm -hmm. around i love that so much about those movies now that you mention it um i feel like the big difference between like especially Japanese media and American media and the portrayal of like childlike innocence. I feel like uh, American media portrays childlike innocence in a more like macabre manner. Like usually something bad happens to a child protagonist. Like, you you know, instead of there just being a kid having fun fantasy, it's like something bad has to happen to them. You know, either their parents get a divorce or like their dog dies. And I feel like if they just focus more on the positives of childhood rather than like trying to make an emotional connection in regards of like something bad happening, it can make a big difference in like media. Yeah, 
so speaking of that, speaking of trauma, let's segue into the next or the main bit of this podcast episode. So how does film and media, how can it put uh, before, a stick? Before we segue, let me talk about my, uh, oh yeah, my go for it. Series. Mm-hmm. I dig Preacher because it's funny and it's horrifying sometimes, but they always have comedy between messing around with, uh, Hitler and messing around with the <laughs> devil and messing around with the other girl that that is like the devil's secretary and whatnot. It's kind of funny, and the arse arse face, uh, American Dad, or let's just say Seth MacFarlane's material is always awesome. Love his type of humor. It's kind of reminds me a lot of Monty Python's stuff and South Park, of course, because it's South Park. And I love how they hate the hippies and then play Slayer in the background. That's awesome. Futurama, because it's really cool. And Simpsons was kind of like a thing from back then. As I mentioned uh, off the record, we would... Uh, we I, I didn't have... When I was very young, I didn't really have, like, um, cable TV. So Simpsons sometimes would play on the general channels. Uh, or one general channel and it was like wow cartoons because at the time i was mostly focused on dragon ball and, and power rangers and all that sort of stuff that you know pretty much aired in the morning so when it came to like cartoons by the dinner time my grandparents would focus too much on the news and i always hated the news i still hate the news to this day So yeah, Simpsons would air, and I was like, "Hey, Simpsons! I can not, I can watch something else other than the freaking news." And hey, Arnold! I also remember that because I, I I used to watch that all the time. But um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Let's go on to the next topic now. Okay, so let's talk about now. Are there any media, either film, TV shows, visual entertainment? That depicts mental health in film. Can you guys think of any off the top of your head? What's Probably that? one of Can the. Can you dumb it down for me? Oh, <laughs> so basically, uh, what shows or movies uh, does shows mental illness accurately? Accurately, or just mental illness in general? I'm gonna focus on accurately because I think it would be good for people to know where to look as opposed to looking at things that don't portray mental illness the way it is. Um, that's a hard one because I, I can't think of any. And when you say accurately, there's this one which apparently is realistically accurate but in a negative manner. And I can't recall the name, but it has the the actor for Kylo Ren in it. And apparent and this movie is about his wife who gets pregnant, and she has some type of sick obsession with her child, where she thinks it's sick all the time, so she keeps feeding it medicine, and in turn, oh, she I, I... makes it more sick. So apparently, this is like a really um, accurate depiction of an actual thing that could happen to mothers who believe that their children are sick. So in turn, they poison them in a sense, yeah. make so them worse. What you're referring to is Munchausen syndrome, and that's basically when well, Munchausen's by proxy. So that's when a parent believes that their child is ill. Um, and, you know, does what they feel is necessary to make them well again. When in reality, that child has no outward display or any evidence stating that they are sick at all. 
Um, there are various reasons this happens. Some attribute it to uh, post-traumatic stress disorder or um, postpartum depression, uh, which is when a mother has a child but isn't able to actually connect with that child for one reason or another, and it manifests itself as a form of depression. Um, yeah, it's it's it is a very serious issue, um, but it's not very common. It does happen, but it's not very common. And it is treatable. It's just a matter of identifying it and seeking help. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's ooh, that one's a doozy because <laughs> I was yeah, it was featured on House, I think, at one point. Um, I think a good one where mental health is depicted accurately would be um Oh, yeah, let's say mental health. Do you guys know the Pixar movie Inside Out? Yes. I love it. So that one shows mental health in a positive light, and that's something that's relatable for everyone. Mm -hmm. Because as you all know, uh, humans have a range of emotions that we go through at any given moment. And it follows a little girl named Riley, who's 11, and she moves from a small town in Minnesota to San Francisco with her parents. And we are entertained basically by the emotions that are going on inside her head. So she's got happiness, sadness, anger, and disgust, which are the five common and scientifically validated universal emotions. So this is something that everyone goes through and it's highly relatable. And we get to see how that manifests in her head. That movie is a great depiction of mental health because it shows you all the different range of emotions that a person can go through at any given time with various triggers, especially with an 11 year old kid mm -hmm. who's going through the process of changing and growing. So it's, I like that movie because it's, it's a very positive representation of something that everyone experiences in their life. So for a while, I was thinking that I couldn't think of anything that had to do with like mental health and media and the positive portrayal of it. But now that you mention it, a lot of, you know, kid cartoons or quote unquote kid cartoons are talking about mental health, but in an indirect way. Like if you take this show, Steven Universe, for example, oh, I love like, Steven Universe. they have a lot of episodes that have to do with just like, you know, um, taking care of yourself and loving yourself and uh, learning to love others and stuff in a way that isn't directly if you're not feeling good you have to do this but like in, in a way where the characters have their conflict and they learn how to solve it and it's like relatable I love that oh I love that show Apollyon do you have any that you can think of it's hard to I mean find. I don't know if it's direct or anything or if they even like focus on it but Hannibal and, and Silence of the Lambs I guess oh okay. yeah okay yeah yeah now I guess mm. the uh, you know quote unquote villain of, of Silence of the Lambs kind of goes through some mental health issues that's why he kind of like uh, does what he does I guess I don't I don't know I'm not too sure now but um, <laughs> no you're I guess right. they touch it because I mean isn't Hannibal like a therapist or something it's funny, yeah, the, it's, the irony is Hannibal is a psychopath and he's a therapist, mm -hmm. which means that he was able to hone his skills to the point where he could fool people by feigning empathy and feigning connections with other people and caring. The, the purpose of therapy 
is supposed to help people become better versions of themselves by getting in touch with your your personality, your mentality, and how you function in the world using different strategies. He took that approach to get close to people and kind of climbed the ladder of high society to put him in a position where he could do essentially what he wanted without getting caught. The only reason he was caught in the movie uh, Red Dragon, I think Red, yeah, Red Dragon was uh, the film that portrayed how Hannibal Lecter. That was with Edward Norton, I think it was the last one by the Hannibal franchise. I think so, yeah. And he was he was caught by a detective that he was working closely with who helped him solve crimes. Edward and, Norton. Yes. And the, the only reason <laughs> uh, Hannibal was caught was because Edward Norton picked up on subtle little clues because he's such a great detective. So it was, he had the perfect disguise. And that's essentially what uh, your, tra- your traditional um, psychopath is portrayed as. Now, obviously, they're, not all psychopaths are alike. They tend to fit on a spectrum and have different criteria that they meet. Not all psychopaths are violent, like Hannibal Lecter is. Not all of them are cannibals. It's just a matter of the media portraying this because it is a horror trope and a horror cliche that we we understand and it really does put things in perspective but I do want to stress that not all psychopaths are violent and not all of them seek to go out and hurt you so yeah no that, that was a good one no mm-hmm. can we say film or media can put a stigma on mental illness then yes yeah cer- oh my goodness it certainly can I, I'm gonna go in the same vein by talking about um, Silence of the Lambs. That's another one. Now, we know that transgender rights is something that's very, very sensitive right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and the main... Everything is sensitive right now, to be honest. That's true. <laughs> But I mean, unless we're in that person's shoes, we don't know the struggles that they face. And it doesn't help when the media portrays people in a certain light, because that... Whether we want to believe it or not, we get a lot of our experiences from media. Obviously, through living and being a person that interacts with other people, that's how we gain our experiences as well. But media does have a large impact on how we view the world. So when you see movies like Silence of the Lambs and Buffalo Bill is a transgender person that murders people to wear their skin and live out his, um, his how he wants to be, It's very damaging to transgender people. Wait, he's transgender? Yes. He changed sex? No, he... So he wanted to become his true self, which would be a woman. And... So he's not transgender. No. He does not have the operation. Okay. That doesn't qualify as being... Transgender is just where you... You, no, uh, no, 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 that's not, it doesn't work like that. Anyways, moving on. Okay, well, that's, that movie in particular is harmful to viewpoints on how transgender people are portrayed. So it's, that one is a conversation for another time, but that's an example of how the media kind of misconstrues that. And it's something we should be mindful of. But yeah, that's, that is an incorrect representation and should not be considered the norm okay so let's mention the actual topic of the podcast 
which we kind of jumped to the subtopics, but it's fine. And uh, it's how movies and series and visual entertainment can improve your mental health. And we can use all of the things that we just mentioned and talked about throughout the podcast to kind of uh, come to a conclusion with this topic. But I would say personally that um, movies and series and overall visual entertainment is good to improve your mental health, especially if you relate to what you're watching. I, you could watch... I, I've been watching a YouTuber this last week and he reviews movies and whatnot and especially he's been reviewing a lot of horror movies and i love i love what he what he says on the on those videos and it's literally like man thanks for saying those things because i that's that's kind of like because he's got some exposure i don't but we have the same opinion so it's kind of like as is you know as he as if he was kind of talking by me or, or whatever Uh, you know, I relate to it, basically is what I'm trying to say. Uh, and, you know, movies and series overall, it just... It, it, it improves your mental health. If you see some... If you, if, it get, if you get an ambition and if you get some sort of motivation from watching those movies and, your, and those series, it could be whatever it, whatever it is. If you watch a movie and or a series and... You see some music going on or you see someone playing an instrument or whatever and you feel like i want to play an instrument myself and that's that's ambition that's motivation that's good um or for example for me plenty of times i watch movies and or series and or youtube videos and i feel like wow i want to do that or i want to be successful myself And I try to do things and I come up with ideas, I come up with things and I try to do things and I start start learning things or whatever and it motivates and it gives me ambition to move on and get off my ass and do something. So that I think that's really good when you see these things happen and just like previous episode or the first episode of season two, as we mentioned, uh, with like talking when you ponder to yourself or whatever and you talk to yourself, it, it, it allows you to kind of like visualize your thoughts and your, you know, uh, your motivations and whatnot. It's good to also watch them in these movies and these series because you see this and you see this kind of like materialize through the screens and it motivates you even more. And you're like, wow, like, for example, if I watch a, a terrible horror movie, I'm like, dude, I really could write a, a horror movie and it would be a hundred times better than this be but because i'm not you know i'm not a i don't have contacts i really can't really reach those guys to give my ideas but basically that's kind of like how i think movies series and and overall visual entertainment or audiovisual entertainment uh basically can improve our mental health okay All right. And the way I think that audiovisual movies entertainment can improve mental health is by having, like you said, things to relate to and things that we can tap into when we're feeling particularly low. Like we mentioned earlier, the Studio Ghibli movies are a great resource for people that kind of want that ins inspiration and that happiness that gives them hope in humanity again and I think that's important considering how much negativity is in the media these days 
When you're bombarded with that day in and day out, sometimes you need a break and you need something to remind you of the goodness that exists in the world. So seeking, having movies that you can just tap into so you can take a break is so important for your mental health. So if you find them, make a list of them. And when you're feeling particularly bad, just pull that list out and make some time to treat yourself. Remember, there is good in the world. What do you think, Dice? Um, same what you said. Anything that can give you a little break from reality or just lift your spirits in whatever way possible. Because I know everyone gets their different kicks from different licks, I suppose. So regardless of whatever type of movie you're watching, whether it be horror or musical or some type of psychological thriller, as long as you're getting some type of personal enjoyment out of it and you're enjoying your time and how you're utilizing it, I think that's all that really matters. Just enjoy yourself and take a break every once in a while. Alright guys, so is there anything else you guys want to add before we move into our last port of today's episode? Nope, I think we've talked a good deal. (laughs) Alright guys, so now we're going to move into little inspirational quotes or sayings that we can leave our listeners with. Just something that can give you something to ponder until you listen to us next time. So I'm going to start with mine from a movie that is pretty awesome. And the quote is from Goodwill Hunting, from the late great Robin Williams character, Mr. Sean McGuire. Some people can believe in themselves until someone else believes in them first. Mine is from the late Robin Williams as Teddy Roosevelt in Night at the Museum, and it's Smile My Boy, It's Sunrise. Oh, I love that movie too. Okay, so mine is uh, reality is much worse than any stories about ghosts, zombies, or allies by the greatest zombie movie director, uh, George Romero. The late great, and he will never be replicated. Mm-hmm. Okay, guys. So, thank you all for listening. Remember, if you enjoyed what you hear, please like and subscribe to our anchor which is Maids of Thoughts Podcast. And you can also search for us on Spotify, which is also Maids of Thoughts Podcast. And as I mentioned earlier, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and of course, Discord. So until next time, keep your chin up, everyone. Bye-bye. See ya. (laughs) Bye.